Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So I'm wondering, how do you like the Bucks free agency and GM Jason like now? They were busy over the weekend. They finally land their pass rushing defensive end in the Eagles' Benny Curry. But you know what? Maybe the best thing that happened to them was a trade by the Jets and the Colts that could actually push a better player down to Tampa Bay. Lots to talk about with the Bucks in free agency and with impact on the draft. In the Tampa Bay Lightning, they bounced back from what was just a dismal performance, 3 to nothing shutout, lost to the Boston Bruins. They win 3-1 to over Edmonton on Sunday. But is it time to panic with the Lightning? All that and more on Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Versnick. What a weekend in sports. We'll get to all of it at the end as well. We know about Tiger still being Tiger and the NCAA tournament. But before we talk about the Bucks and the Lightning, let me tell you about a special offer from Audible.com. Sign up now and get a free 30-day trial membership. That's a $15 value. And as a listener to this show, you'll get a free audiobook. Just go to audibletrial.com. That's spelled A-U-D-I-B-L-E, trial.com slash sportsday to take advantage of the deal. That's audibletrial.com slash sportsday for a free 30-day trial membership and a free audiobook. I don't know if there's uh, still any Bucks fans out there, Steve, that want Jason Light's head right now, but man, you know, going into the start of free agency, and I would say at least up until maybe Saturday, uh, that seemed to be the sentiment, at least on, you know, the, the sort of the emails and tweets that I was getting. Um, but you know what? I actually think he's done a very good job in free agency, him and his staff. And I'm going to defend the guy. And, and going into free agency, I wasn't sure that was going to be the case because Lord knows Jason and the Bucks have missed on a lot of these guys over the last few years. And I know that, you know, Tampa Bay fans are still like, well, what are you talking about? There's, you know, there's no Indomitong Sioux. Um, you know, Tyron Matthew went to the Houston Texans. What about him? Understandable. I get all of that. Those are big names. They're also in some, some respects, especially with Sue is going to be a big money contract. But I think instead the Bucks got exactly what they needed. And what I mean by that is not just the, the areas that they focused, although that was probably, you know, job one. I mean, you want to make sure you address all your holes and it started really with both sides of the ball on the offensive and the defensive line. But you know what they also got? They got tougher. They got grittier. They got younger. And I think they got better in the trenches, and I think that's where they needed to get better. That's where it really matters. So we know that on Saturday they uh, continue to target the Super Bowl champions, the Eagles. And let's face it, the Eagles were very, very good last year on the defensive line. They had quite a rotation themselves, and they were the number one run defense in the league. This time, however, you know, people have been really screaming for not just defensive linemen or defensive tackle, which they started signing when the period began, but a defensive end. And so they reach an agreement with Vinny Curry, three years, a contract that could be as much as $27 million, which is a lot of money. Um, And he actually became expendable last week when he refused to take a pay cut with the Eagles after they had signed 
defensive end Michael Bennett that a lot of Bucks fans felt should come here. But, you know, that's it, it wasn't going to happen. I don't think Michael Bennett wanted to play in Tampa Bay. I still think he had a voice in the, in the, in the matter. But be that as it may, they end up with Vinny Curry. And at the same time, actually just minutes before, and it, it is a move that was connected, they released Robert Ayers. And Ayers was, coincidentally, he was going to be due a $1 million roster bonus on Sunday. So once they were able to secure Curry, they quickly released Ayers, who's, who's 32 years old. He Look, he didn't exactly fulfill what they had hoped when they got him a couple years ago. I mean, the numbers probably don't tell the whole story. It was probably better than what the figures look like. Um, but last year he had two sacks, and he was a starting defensive end. He also was hurt. And I've always said this, that, you know, you should never take a player um, who is going to get older and expect him to play, to, to have more longevity, in other words, play more games as he gets older. And if his production is trending down and he's getting older, don't expect him to light it up and have more sacks or more production. I just I don't think those things really, especially at the defensive line position, really carry over. Curry is 29. So he's a younger version of what Ayers. He's close to what Ayers was when they got him. And, you know, the, the bottom line is that uh, this guy has the ability to, to be a pretty good pass rusher. A couple of years ago, he had nine sacks. And this is the best that was available of, really, of the guys, you know, that that they could get that would make a fit. And I like the fact that they're sort of doubling up a little bit with the Philadelphia Eagles, because if you remember, the entire free agency signing period began with the Bucks signing Bo Allen. And Bo Allen's a defensive tackle that was rated by Pro Football Focus, and no matter what you believe about those guys or not, he's one of the best run stoppers in the NFL. Um, so, you know, they, they get Bo Allen. Now they get somebody that he's used to playing with, two guys that just won a Super Bowl, two guys who were on a team that a few years ago was 7-9. and nine. So this is not, you know, uh, an impossible thing that they've seen happen. You know, they come to a team that's 5-11, and 11, and, you know, you're wondering, do they really think that they can turn this around? Well, yeah, they just saw it sort of happen. And now money is always the thing that drives free agency. But I like the fact that, you know, they're bringing with them a couple of Super Bowl rings, which is never a bad thing. Um, and the other thing that I think is is worth noting is that most of these guys that they have signed, you know, over the weekend, um, or the past few days anyway, for the most part, these were not highly drafted players. These were not guys that, you know, everybody heard of. Mitch Unrein, for example, undrafted. Seventh round pick when you're talking about Bo Allen. Again, make it guys. Guys that struggle to get into the league. Guys that struggled to stay into the league. And then guys that emerged with fairly big contracts when they hit free agency, which is which is the goal of everybody. Um, now, you know, Curry was a second round pick by the Eagles in 2012 out of Marshall. Like I said, a couple of years ago he had nine in 2014. Um, nonetheless, he's a grinder, and that's what that defensive line was about in Philadelphia. I think you, you, you kind of like pair him with Noah Spence. You hope he comes back from the shoulder injury. They're not done yet. They're not done yet. Um, I don't know that there's much in free agency they're, they're going to add, but certainly we'll talk about the draft here in just a minute and what happened over the weekend that's going to affect it. Uh, 
But remember now, they also, you know, re-signed Brent Grimes, which was big, because Grimes still gives them their best corner, even at a guy that's going to be age 35. They got to hope that Vernon Hargraves bounce back. I think they're going to still pick up another corner uh, in the draft. I don't think they're done at that position just yet. Also, maybe the guy that might have the most immediate impact as far as just watching him perform by himself is the place kicker, Catanzaro. Because this is a guy who was 29 of 29 in extra points, which is amounts to a 33-yard field goal last year. Remember, all the games the Bucks lost, three and seven in one-score games, all the games where they missed extra points or field goals, where Dirk Cutter would be chasing extra points with two-point conversions and not getting them, and now you're down two or you're down three when, you should, you know, when the game should be tied. I mean, those are the kinds of things that can change, can change a season. Now, you know, maybe he'll fall prey to the, the curse of the kickers. We don't know. But they had to address the kicking situation. They did that. They had to get a corner, and they had to get better on the defensive line. How about the offensive line? I mean, this is a unit that, you know, could run the ball very well, no matter what you think of Doug Martin, who is moving on with John Gruden to the Raiders. This is a team that needed to be more physical up front. So they wound up getting the number one center in free agency. And Ryan Jensen. Jensen, it was not a cheap deal. Four years, $42 million. They guarantee $22 million of it. And so what that means is, is that he will be their center. Now you move Ali Marpet, who, let's face it, and maybe one day he'll be an all-pro center. But no matter what the design was last year to move Marpet to center so they could play J.R. Sweezy at right guard, it didn't work out. I think Marpet can play center in this league. But here's a guy that's done it. And Jensen did it as well as anybody last season. He's another grinder. He's another sixth-round pick from Colorado. Started only nine games his first three years. And then he jumps in as a starting center. And he has some, he has some attitude. Um, people will tell you about when Jensen came to the Baltimore Ravens, almost from his first practice, you know, he started. he got in a fight with Haladi uh, Nagata. I mean, of course, last year, there was an incident where somebody went after Joe Flacco, and then he went after him. That sort of attitude they haven't had on the offensive line since Logan Mankins retired. And that's really, that's really what this free agency is about. When you look at not, you know, not just the positions they address, which were of absolute need, but also sort of the mentality of these guys. You know, uh, These are all just nasty within the legal bounds, but just sort of attitude players. And I think that's what the Bucks, especially when you're talking about the offensive and defensive lines. So all that being said, you know, are these marquee names? Not necessarily. Are they guys they absolutely needed? Yes. Are they areas they absolutely had to address? Yes. And it's only a part of the picture. Free agency will continue on presumably, you know, almost through July because there'll be a second wave of it after the draft. So, Steve, it's not completely done, and yet – what do, you, what do you make of what Jason Light has done? Because when it started out, there were so many people that felt like the Bucks were just dropping the ball and missing out on everybody. Well, in the past, the Bucks have gone for the splash, whether it's Deshaun Jackson or, you know, you go through the players in the past, what they've done. This year, how many positions have they upgraded in free agency on their team? I mean, I would at least four, maybe five. I mean, it just depends on, on what, whether you consider some of the people they re-signed as really a current upgrade. I look at it as you upgraded center. Because Jensen's yes. better than Marpet at center. Not that Marpet's yes. bad. Jensen's better. Marpet's better than Sweezy at guard. You upgrade right. at guard. There's two positions on the offensive line you upgrade by signing Jensen. 
That's correct. Curry, you've upgraded your defensive end. No doubt. He's better than Ayers. He's younger. He, he should have a bigger upside, yeah. all of that. Resigning Brent Grimes. He was not on your roster. He was an unrestricted free agent. He's better than Ryan Smith. You've upgraded cornerback position. Mm-hmm. You've upgraded your defensive tackles. So that's, what's that, five, six positions you've already upgraded? You're at, you're, you're at six right now, yeah, and, and, you count and, Grimes. And kicker. Yeah. The point of free agency isn't about what names you get, how big the names are. It's are we making our team better? Are you better? And and, and that's a great point because I, I think that, like you said, in the past we've seen some splash guys, you know. I mean, Deshaun Jackson, and maybe he'll work out. Who knows? Look, in the first year uh, it didn't work out, but he was a name. Uh, a lot of speed. That's the element they were looking for. But they paid him, you know, $33.5 million, $20 million guaranteed. But it was splash. You know, it was ex- that's exactly what they wanted was splash. Splash on the field, a splashy name, all that. But that wasn't what Didn't, they needed. It wasn't what they, they needed. They, I mean, had, they had more holes than that. They and, did. And this year, look, their holes are defensive line, offensive line, defensive backfield, and kicker. And they've upgraded right. all those in the first week of free agency here. They did it thoughtfully. They did it with guys that – and what was the thing we heard about last year's free agency, and you could even say maybe going back beyond that? Attitude, bad fit in the locker room. Jason Light is on record saying, look, I, I have missed on not the player but on the personality. And these are all guys that, by all accounts, in their locker rooms – I mean, I covered the Philadelphia Eagles at the Super Bowl. These guys generally had love for each other. Now, you know, you can always say, well – you know, does does is it a good culture that creates winning, or does winning create a good locker room? I think it's frankly some of both. I've been in locker rooms that guys hated each other that won a Super Bowl here in Tampa Bay. I mean, you know, there was no love between Warren Sapp and Keyshawn Johnson. But when it came time to Sunday, they played their asses off for each other. So I, I think it takes all types, right? But these are not guys that are, one, going to screw around in practice like Chris Baker. No one's going to have to come to them and say, "Hey, man, why'd you jump off on fourth and you know fourth and five um, with the game on the line after we warned you about it?" That's not going to happen to these guys. Well, ev- everyone, so, everyone loves Bill Belichick and, and the moves right. he makes and the way he makes it. And Jason Light's got experience in that system, sure. working for the Patriots. This feels like a Bill Belichick offseason right now for for the mm-hmm. or at least the start of it. I mean, we'll see how the rest of free agency, the draft, et cetera, goes. But these right. type moves. Strategic moves to upgrade your weakest positions and finding good good guys for that, hungry guys. This feels like what the Patriots do every year, year in and year out. Right. It's easy to do. I'm sure they miss on some guys in the draft. They probably miss on some guys in free agency. I know they do. When you're winning every year like they are, no one notices. But you're right. They don't get big-name guys. You know, a guy just retired from football and Danny Woodhead the other day. Um, you know, one of many that you could start naming that uh, the Belichick would bring in that no one ever heard of before. So I agree with you. I mean, I, I think that the, you know, these guys have had success playing their roles. They'll play similar roles with the Bucs. Um, they're still upside. They're still, they're still getting better. They're not guys that are going to take the money and just shut it down. Um, I kind of like what they do. I'm anxious to see how they all blend together and how they, how they do on the field. And like I said, it's not over. But the biggest thing, Steve, over the weekend that I think might have helped the Bucs in addition uh, to these free agents – is this this dang dra- this uh, trade that the Jets just made? I mean, they send three second round draft picks, three, to the Colts to move up three spots in the first round from number six to number three in the draft. Well, they got to be taking a quarterback. They have to be doing it for a quarterback. You don't move. They, up, you, don't, you don't move up 
ahead of time unless it's a quarterback. That's correct. Not knowing if, say, let, let's yeah. take the other scenario. Let's say they wanted, I don't know, Saquon Barkley. You There's wait no till draft, you you wait til draft yeah. night till you do that. You wait till he's on the clock. Right. Yeah, until you're on the clock with that guy. You're saying we want the number three pick in the draft because we're taking a quarterback. And if quarterbacks go one and two, we are fine with whoever that number three guy yeah, is. Yeah, we've got three quarterbacks we like. We like. That's correct. So whether it's Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen or Josh Allen or Baker Mayfield, and I'm convinced now, especially after Mayfield's workout the other day, yeah, some people still questioning his attitude and things like that. Some people are turned on by it. Um, I'm still convinced that those four quarterbacks now, especially with this move you know, up into the draft by the Jets, they're all going to go ahead of Tampa Bay. And so when you, when you break this down and you say, okay, well, how, what's the current order then? The Cleveland Browns pick first. Now, the Browns may very well have been planning. I still think they were going to take a quarterback. They very well may have been planning to take Saquon Barkley number one, knowing that they had and have the fourth overall pick in the draft. And we get a quarterback. The problem is point. now, the problem is now the Jets have the third pick. And so they can't be sure that the quarterback they like is going to be there. Unless they're just, wow, whatever, you know? Unless they have um, three quarterbacks they like. Unless they have four quarterbacks they like, right? Well, well they've three, got the first Because they could they've take the, the number pick. one. So yeah. they would take Saquon Barkley, and then they would get yeah. the third quarterback. But they'd have – and i got to believe that if you got the number one pick and you have all these quarterbacks, you should take the one you like the best, period. I mean, there's no reason to let someone else pick your quarterback. So the Browns, I think, now are – their hand has been forced. They can't take Saquon Barkley with the first pick. So I think they take a quarterback. The New York Giants could do anything they want. But let's face it, Eli Manning is not getting younger. And Dave Gettleman knows that this is his chance to see if they can, you know, get a, get a quarterback that's going to be the eventual replacement for Manning, in my opinion. You Maybe have, they you go. Have, if you're the Giants, you have to take a franchise quarterback in this draft. Eli's on the downside of the career. You have to take one. You're, you hope you'll never pick this high again. Right, and you very likely, no matter what happens, you very likely could have a better year next year and wouldn't be anywhere near uh, quarterback range. Um, you're exactly right. So, you know, I think the Giants' hand is, is, is the Giants' hand is now forced. Now, there's been talk about them taking Quentin Nelson, the, 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 you know, the offensive lineman for Notre Dame. Um, Barkley makes sense here to some extent. That can help Manning. It's not going to replace Manning. So, it's very good likelihood that, say, the Browns take Josh Allen, that the Giants get their next pick, whether it's Darnold or whomever. Okay, so now the Jets are here. So the Jets are taking a quarterback. Could be Baker Mayfield. People have talked about Mayfield and sort of his attitude, swag, being sort of like Broadway Joe-ish, if you will. Makes sense. I mean, he, he could end up being that guy. And now the Browns pick again at four. So now here's your, here's your chance for the first non-quarterback to really come off the board. And who's that going to be? My opinion is going to be the best player in the draft, which is Saquon Barkley. Um, they could go other, other routes, certainly, but if you land a top quarterback and you land what many people believe. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
believe is the top player in the draft, no one can say that you made the wrong choice unless you just choose the wrong quarterback. But, you know, time will tell if that's going to be the case. That leaves Denver at number five. Denver is in it for a quarterback as well. And so they'll get whoever that fourth guy is, which could be Mayfield, um, could be any of these guys. And, and I know, you know, look, I know they went into free agency and got a quarterback, um, but it, they, John Elway is trying to solve this thing for years to come, not looking for a Band-Aid necessarily. So now six moved back to number six is the Indianapolis Colts. The danger here for Tampa Bay is the fact that they're going to take probably a player the Bucs would have loved. Um, not, not necessarily the guy uh, that I mean, they have rated higher. It's possible that the Bucs will have a higher rated player than what the Colts take. The problem is the Colts need exactly what the Bucs need. They need a defensive end. They need an edge rusher. They probably need Bradley Chubb. But that's okay and, because that leaves you Quentin but Nelson. But that leaves you with Quentin Nelson. Another need on your team, another upgrade. Right. A solid player that everyone believes is going to be a solid pro. Exactly. So if you have four quarterbacks going, even if Bradley Chubb goes someplace else, I mean, Quentin Nelson. So now, so now you've added, essentially, with Marpet going back to tackle, or back to guard, I'm sorry, from center. Now you have Ryan Jensen, who is a solid center, you're better there because Marpet was in his first year. Marpet clearly has the advantage over J.R. Sweezy at right guard. And then now you could add what some people are saying. And I've talked to the kid. I'm telling you, you talk about a mean streak. I mean, think about all these guys coming in here with these mean streaks, with this edge to them. Marpet's got a, isn't a guy with an edge to him. Plays to the echo of the whistle, all of that. Um, you put those three guys in front of Jameis Winston – in front of, by the way, what is likely to be a pretty good running back. This is a deep, deep draft for running backs. You know, Sony Michelle may go in the third round to the Bucks. You know, um, and you're going to have probably a, a, a new running back somewhere in this draft for the Bucks. You've got your wide receivers are set. You've got more. You got the two tight ends and OJ Howard, Cameron Brates resigned, Mike Evans resigned. And Winston, his feet will be clean. I mean, he'll be able to step up in the pocket. Um, I still, you know, a lot of people aren't big believers in Donovan Smith. I think Donovan Smith does a good job. I think he gets a bad rap. All he does is line up every single snap for the last three years without missing one against the most athletic, best defensive lineman in football every week. And, yeah, does he give up a few sacks? Sure he does. Who doesn't? Show me a guy that doesn't. Um, And I, I still think he's underrated as a left tackle. I know people don't like him. I do. Dotson's coming off his, DeMar Dotson's coming off his best year. Now, you know, he had a PCL. He's got to get his knee back in shape. Um, They still got Caleb Bedenock. So I guess some guys can play over there. But I think this offensive line with those two guards and a new center going to be the best that they probably had since Jason Light has been here with the exception of maybe when Logan Mankins was still at the end of his career. So it, it, to me, this football team, things are already sort of shaping up. And remember, you don't – we really can't account for, for example, if somebody in this top six believes that, you know, there's another player that's better than the, than the seven that we've just outlined here. Well, what, I, well could, what I think could happen is Cleveland now, that number four pick is very valuable. Absolutely. To somebody who, who wants – if there's four quarterbacks, the, four, the top four – Mm-hmm. If there's somebody who wants that number four quarterback before Baker, before Denver, before picks a Denver, five, right? Is if you believe 
if, if you don't if you're if you're not convinced Saquon Barkley is everything or there's enough running backs in this draft you're okay going down. You could That's Cleveland right. could pull a big haul for pick number 4 at this Oh, point. yeah, when you consider that they just got three the Jets just gave up three second round picks to move two spots. When the Bucks are on 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 you know the clock, they're going to get phone calls. I mean, there's there's a lot of scenarios here, but I'm just telling you what happened this weekend, I don't see how it hurts the Bucks in any way because it forces the Cleveland Browns to take a quarterback number one overall. I, I it, The key is going to be the Giants now. And that may also be a place where there's a trade. We don't know. I mean, we're a long way before we get to the draft. But I don't see the Giants ever being in a better position to get the second quarterback. And look, you can even assume that if the Browns pick a quarterback, they got the wrong one, right? Because they always seem to do that. <laughs> so the, the Giants might just get the best guy. They might get the first guy, but they're probably going to get the best guy. So And then the Jets are there for a quarterback as well. It, it, and then, you know, with a brown stick, they're, they're not going to take two quarterbacks, so you figure a position player goes there. It absolutely pushes one of those top three, top three non-quarterback players to the Buccaneers. And believe me, would they be happy with Quentin Nelson? Uh, yeah. He's not, Brad, he's not Bradley Chubb, which is their biggest need. That would be a, a home run. But there's other defensive ends. And, you know, at the end of the day, they may rank – some other defensive end in that same category. I don't think there is one that's as good as Chubb at, at, at number seven, um, but there might be one, you know, not far below him that they like. So I just think this was a big weekend. And, and all the things that have happened between free agency, between this trade, and, and a player that's absolutely going to get pushed down to them, This, if you're a Bucks fan, you need to take a breath, relax yourself a little bit, understand that, you know what, you're lucky. Because you're not in this group here that absolutely don't have a franchise quarterback. And no matter what you say about Jameis Winston, the story has not been written yet. He still has a ton of ability. He's still a guy that's capable of putting a team on his back if he stays healthy. And he's going to get better. He's only going into his fourth year. They're not looking for a quarterback. These other teams absolutely are and have no idea what they're going to get. So, you know, the Bucks are in a pretty good position overall with the, the weapons they got coming back around him, if Mike Smith can, can build up this defense again to, you know, to get well in a hurry. Because, again, three and seven in one-score games, it doesn't take much to turn that around. Okay, so the other Tampa Bay team that's already doing well this year, kind of a tough weekend and a tough place that they're in right now, Steve. I know you saw both these games. Let's start with the game on Saturday night against the Boston Bruins. They lose to Boston three to nothing, but let's let's kind of remember that the Bruins are playing kind of shorthanded. They're without a couple starters to come into the game, right? Out their best two defensemen, uh, McAvoy and Chara. They were without Patrice Bergeron, who's one of the best all around centers sure. you're going to find, and without uh, DeBrusque as well. And then David Backus left in the first period with an injury. Got a Yanni Gord, He fell on Yanni Gord's skate and cut his mm. thigh. They were shorthanded, but I would say definitely Boston's compete level was a lot higher than the Lightning's. All along we've been saying this practice, this, you know, the Lightning, okay, Boston's coming to town now. They're not complacent. This is a playoff team. They need to set a tone. And they really did. Right. Now, the score, 3 nothing. Two of those were power play goals. And, of course, the big bugaboo for the Lightning. They lose the face-off. The penalty kill has been bad. You know, they do, but this time they lose the face-off, and then 15 seconds, both of those are in the net. Mm-hmm. The penalty kill, the biggest problem they have is the face-offs. They don't clear the puck very well either, but face -off, they have trouble on penalty kill face-offs for whatever reason. Um, they kind of struggle on face-offs overall, but they really struggle on penalty kills. And it's noticeable because when you win up, you, you start a penalty kill in the offensive zone. So when you win the face-off, you can immediately try to score, which is what Boston did. Right. 
we'll talk about what was said after the game, but uh, in one of the comments, I think it was Anton Strawman, he mentioned that, here's the weird thing. Okay, so everybody knows this is a big game, and, a, and, and they're trying to measure themselves a little bit here. And, they're, and oh, by the way, they're in a very tight race. They're only up four points going into that game uh, for the top, ten in, the top team in the Eastern Conference. So it mattered, right? Um, so aside from all that, you would not expect that, a, that one team would come out pressing. I guess the word is pressing that, that the way it looked like the Lightning did. They, they just didn't look like they – and maybe you credit Boston for some of that, but it just didn't look like they were as into it as the Bruins were. Boston, you mentioned Boston, Yeah, Boston played very well. And Anton Strawman, and, and I'll paraphrase the quote, but it was it looked like one team was ready for the playoffs and the other team was playing game 71. Yeah, and that's not where you want to be. You want you want this to have a playoff atmosphere. I'm sure the fans were into it. I'm sure it was a, you know, a long-awaited matchup. And, and again, it meant something um, that close in the standings. And yet, one team, you know, didn't wasn't able to to raise their compete level. Okay, so the the other thing that came out of this game, which I thought was very very interesting, I'm telling you, the more I hear from Steven Stamkos, the more I want to hear from Steven Stamkos because I think this guy, if you really listen to what he says, and a lot of it's open to interpretation, but I think I think this guy has a better feel, and he will tell he says stuff, he really does say stuff. It's not just cliches. He's telling you something, and it's up to you to interpret what exactly he means. But listen to what Steven Stamkos had to say after the game about their performance against Boston. It was uh, a big game, uh, a game that we were looking forward to, to you know, kind of use as a measuring stick, obviously. Um, I got the better of us tonight. We got a couple of power play goals, and um, you know, it was one of those games where the puck was bouncing a little bit for us. Execution wasn't there. We were, uh, it just looked like we were a little anxious, a little, um, whether it was overly excited or just, you know, guys gripping onto the sticks a little too much. It, it just, you know, there's there's just been a lot of negativity around the, the, the team lately. So um, we just got to swing that uh, and get some, some positive emotion in, in here. Um, have some fun again, and I think that's when, when we play our best, when we make our plays, when we make the right decisions. So... You know, we'll look to, to correct a few things, you know, especially special teams. Uh, but we got a taste of, of you know, uh, a team that's good, and they're, they're missing some extremely good players, so they're going to be even better, and uh, we have some work to do. Wow. You know what I like what he said about that was, and I thought this was telling, there's a lot of negativity around this team lately. That's uh, – now – you can, it's up to interpretation what exactly he means, but there has been talk about their defense, the, the, the face-offs like you just mentioned, the special teams, penalty kill, all of that. And I guess when you're winning the way they have been winning, <laughs> that might wear on you that, that everybody is looking you know, for the wart. Um, but having said that, the fact that they're not having fun you know, with the kind of season that they're having, eh, that that could potentially be something else. I, I don't know. I don't know why their team is sort of struggling this way, sort of emotionally. But I I think Stamkos is saying something now. I suppose they corrected some of that because they did bounce back right away against a team that's not as good as Boston. Granted, against Edmonton and Louis Domingue was great, even though in this game within the first first fourteen seconds he. He kind of makes a mistake, and it's in the back of his net, right? No, oh, that was a fluke goal. He, uh, he misplayed a puck behind the net. 
And then he was as he was going back to the net, the player shot it at him. It hit off his leg and went in the net. A fluke yeah, goal. And he didn't crazy. give up anything the rest of the game. Louis yeah. Domingue was fantastic in this game. And actually, five. The, the Lightning played a very – their forecheck was relentless in this game. And, and you know, they only scored three goals, and, you know, th- that's fine. But their forecheck was relentless, and that's exactly what you want to see out of this team. Now, it was against a, a team who's not very good, especially defensively. Sure. So it, maybe it's a little easier, but they did raise their level. They did play a much better game on Sunday night. And Domingue gets a lot of credit for this, but also a lot of blocked shots, I guess, as well. Um, but they kill off five power plays, and – and one of the new players was the guy laying out for it, right? Oh, Ryan McDonough played a very, uh, a very good game tonight. Um, matter of fact, he took a couple block shots where you know it stung him, and he was going to the bench mm-hmm. hurt. But um, uh, overall, though, I thought the team played a, a fantastic. This was this is one of their better games in the last few weeks, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. And consider the level of competition, maybe that was part of it. But the 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 dedication to defense to forechecking. Um, was there that hadn't been there in a while. On the penalty kill, they went 5-for-5 five five on the penalty kill. And and they had given up uh, uh, power play goals in 11 of the last 12 games. Yeah, that's huge. I mean, what they were able to do, and uh, Nikita Kucherov with a couple of goals. So, um, yeah, and all in all, a good bounce. back. And, hey, maybe they had a little fun, too. Maybe they finally had a little fun. That's what you know what, and then it, it seems like they've been home for about six months now. Am I right about that? Uh, it's they been back seven, on the road seven games, and they have another one Tuesday night against Toronto before they go on the road. Jeez, uh, it's been. A I long bet the time. honeydews are piling up. I bet they're really like, "Get me out of here! Let's get back on the <laughs> yeah. road, man." Now the wind gave the Lightning a magic number of one to make the playoffs, and New Jersey, okay. as we tape this now on Sunday night, New Jersey is trailing two to one in the third period at Anaheim. If New Jersey loses in regulation, the Lightning are in the playoffs. So by Monday morning, they may be in the playoffs. They should be popping champagne. Or whatever they do when you clinch the playoff spots, I don't know. But they probably won't be doing that together. Um, just still, a great season continues for the Lightning. They just have to uh, – and they'll have some more shots at Boston, maybe at full strength as far as the Bruins go. And we'll see uh, just how this thing turns out in the Eastern Conference. But, uh, yeah, it's kind of a disappointing, kind of a disappointing performance. But they bounce back. Okay, let's wrap it up this way. Um, I don't know whether to call it March Madness or March Sadness, depending on who your team is, but a lot of bracket busters in this one. How about March I watched Craziness? That. It's just nuts. I watched the uh, uh, the University of Maryland at Baltimore County upset of Virginia. That wasn't just – I mean, that was just a slaughter. I, I've never seen – and maybe it's the way Virginia plays basketball just doesn't work in the tournament, you know, um, but they got destroyed. And I love the fact that uh, – I think maybe it was CBS, somebody said that – you know, UMBC stands for You Must Be Cinderella. Didn't last too long, though. They lost their next game. They but played well. They just, played well. They played well against yeah. Kansas State. Yeah. They weren't overwhelmed. Weren't overwhelmed at all. But but pick, you know, pick an upset. Buffalo beating Arizona. You know, Marshall beating Wichita State. I mean, Michigan. How about the Michigan game? You're a Michigan man. Uh, yeah, that was a fantastic. I almost turned it off before the end of it. Houston was up two and had two free throws with less than four Shooting seconds to play, and they missed both free throws, and then they don't guard the inbounder. Which so. is crazy. How does this still happen? I mean, in the, in the name of Christian Leitner, are we still not guarding the inbound pass when a guy has to go under his own basket? I mean, what are we doing? What, what are coaches this? What situations do you work on in practice? Okay, I got one. I got one. Uh, up, up a couple. Um... Four seconds left. They got taken on there. I know. Let's lay back. What? Put a guy on the inbound pass. They don't do it. And I still say that the story of the tournament, without question, 
is Sister Jean. 98 years old from Loyola, Chicago. They beat Miami, and then the Ramblers upset third-seeded Tennessee 63-62. Well, then add Florida State upset Xavier. Right. 75-70. Well, by the way, Mr. Bearcats. Nevada crushes my Cincinnati Bearcats, <laughs> who were up what? 22 with 12 minutes to play. Who loses a game in the tournament that's up 22 with 11 minutes to go? You have to be a plus two every minute of that game down the stretch. I read it was the biggest upset in NCAA history uh, trailing in the second half, a team coming back from 22 down to win. What just happened to the state of Ohio in college basketball? Yeah, Ohio State got knocked out by Gonzaga. That wasn't really an upset, but. No, but nonetheless, are you done as a state? Is a state now completely done? Out of out of teams, uh, I think so. Wright State was eliminated early. Uh, they were like a 15 seed. I, yeah, I think I think Ohio is done. Wow. Well, it's been it's been a thrill, and it's and in March Madness. You forget. I know all the scandals and things we talked about in college basketball coming into this tournament, but look, it's still it's still a, a oh, one and, of the and greatest North Carolina got throttled. Be. North Carolina, yes, they didn't just lose; they got throttled by Texas A and M. Give it up to A and M, a football school that. If you watched them play early in the year, this is how they played basketball earlier in the year. So they're having a great season. Maybe that'll help uh, Jimbo Fisher later on. Who knows? A little momentum. In golf, finally, Tiger gave it a good run again. Um, he got within one shot of the lead. Uh, then he hits a, just a terrible shot on the par 5 16th and falls out of it. Roy McIlroy, who didn't even make the cut a week ago and was, was kind of complaining that people drink too much and started yelling his girlfriend's name or something like that, he winds up winning it. He has five birdies over the last six holes. So, golf, Tiger is back. That's all you have to say. Tiger, golf, somebody's going to watch. And the Masters is coming up. That's right, friends. Past the Butler cabin, all the way over the. Look, Tiger's a favorite. I'm going to watch. Case closed. We got to go through the final four first. So, we'll have lots more as far as Bucks free agency. Of course, the tournament continues next week and the Lightning, and we'll see if they can uh, continue to iron some things out and have a little more fun. But you want to keep it right here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. We want to interact with you. You can. You can do that with us on Twitter. We're at Sports Day TB, at Sports Day TB. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud. You can always email me at rstroud at tampabay.com. And we'd like for you to rate and review this podcast if you get a chance. So, Steve, how can they do that? Anywhere you get your podcast, whether it's on iTunes or Google Play, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, SoundCloud, you can leave reviews there or like the, the podcast as well. Or you can always go to tampabay.com slash sports, the latest episodes there too. Uh, it's only Monday. we got a whole week of this, so hope you would join us tomorrow. For Steve Versting, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a good day, everybody. 